Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. But this little dink ball, no one in a crowded area where it's a fist pass, the weight is taken over, hits the ground and it bounces into a fella's chest. Why do you not do many interviews? Oh, really? Yeah, what have you asked to do, hopefully? Really? Yeah. Have you ever rang me? And they're roaring at me, I coffee, you free state bastard. <laughs> and next thing I hear, you have no fucking jurisdiction up here. <laughs> <laughs> So we have to start this week, obviously, by offering our congratulations to not Mayo, Brendan Devaney, um, for tipping Mayo and not listening to a big mouth uh, like me. And basically, we kind of jeered at you last week, Brendan. And I have to say, at halftime in the match, your prediction didn't look very good. Johnny Doyle sent me a text asking me where the Mayo score is going to come from and I sent back a few laughing out loud faces and we were all congratulating each other and yeah. kind of laughing at your how... But listen, Mayo knew and Brendan Devenny knew. This is basically it. Yeah, yeah, listen. Do you know the last time you knew about Roy with a game, boy, which is so re- weird? It was Dublin's last defeat, the Donegal. You were like, they haven't a chance... Uh, that was 2014, isn't it? Funny how long it's taken now for us to have a, 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 a row about it. It was Dublin's next defeat after all this time. But yeah, well, even at, even halftime is one part of that. But at the, at, you know, at 12 7 as well, really, yeah. there's two remarkables. Even at 12 7, it's probably more remarkable at that stage because you thought then Dublin steadied it a wee bit. Where's it going to come from? But there's just something. Well, and that's what you were on about, obviously. Like so, Donahue and Conroy and these guys, you know, they, they come up with a bit of magic, Henley. Then the, the things that you never expect with with uh, Mayo, and of course, the goals, not conceding goals, boy, hasn't been spoken about that much. And, and, and you're right, boy, it needed to be a lower scoring game. Now Dublin had had their ten points at half time, so they were on route to the twenty. Nobody could see that that second half coming, particularly that for first period, and then after they got them a couple of scores, but Mayo, Mayo sense a bit of blood. Them some of the presses they they put on. Dublin and the pressure they brought on. Of course, you need a bit of luck. I mean, the Comerford turnover, Willie, and, and, and the retake of the 45, and even the hassle for that 45, and, and, and the brilliant flick back to McGaughan as well. I mean, it's, there's some things in there, Willie, that 
were just remarkable. And funny, we were just talking there before we come on about our own county final was on. Like, well, I'm neutral at these two games now. My gut was that tight after that Mayo game, the drama, and then our own county final end went to penalties. I was just doing a wee bit of analysis of it. I mean, you need a few pints uh, Saturday night to, to calm it down. That's me. That's me looking on as a neutral. Well, I can only imagine how, how, how the fans of, of the teams uh, felt involved in, in, in those games. Yeah, it's definitely hard to sleep after the adrenaline kicks in. I saw John Kiley, um, the Limerick hurling manager, saying in two year, two years ago after the All-Ireland semi-final win in extra time against Cork, he didn't sleep for three days. Now, I don't know what he was taking after the game, Brendan. Maybe it was uh, crystal meth or something like that. <laughs> Keep it away for three days. But that adrenaline really kicks in, Johnny. Do you ever lie in bed after a match? Now, you see, the few pints do help, but I suppose the game changed where you didn't even get the few pints then, and it's very hard to settle down. Oh, you're you're on a high, and, and um, you're just, look, at you're, you're going over a match, you know, all the talking points are there. You're looking at maybe different comments on the social media and you're really you know as, as Brennan said we're all neutrals looking at it we're, we're neutrals you know looking and, and seeing God you know the greatest team ever um, you know and some of the stuff that went on is just it was so off script for Dublin and you can credit some of that to Mayo um, for the pressure they put on them um, but by God it was edge of the seat stuff and you know I look back at this, the second half uh, you know um, I came in after training on, on Tuesday night and I just I, I put on the, I watched it again um, and it's a different game when you know the result and you've seen it from the second time and you know but Again, the old cliche that you you know you need luck, and there were so many different things that came in that might never happen again. Like even you know people will applaud applaud Dermot O'Connor for that you know heroic. He just threw his leg at it, but like how often could that have been just picked up by a Dublin player and went on up oh, the field? Yeah. You know, just maybe the stars were aligned eventually, or or you know for for Mayo, but certainly it was gripping. It was it was you know it was one of those games, and a bit like you know you'd watch an All Ireland <laughs> hurling, and I've often done it. I go out and get the hurling to slitter and beat it off the wall <laughs> for a while, and that's what you want. You were nearly mad to go out and play play a game uh, afterwards. We were after being beaten in the championship, so I was it went from it was a roller coaster afternoon for me after coming home trying to the. the bag in the corner giving out about everyone in Allen Wood and then I was at the edge of the seat screaming at the telly thinking oh my god what a game yeah no it was absolutely fantastic in my defence Brendan I did say I don't know where Mayo are going to get the scores from and they only got 13 points there is no way any of us would have predicted 13 points would see them into extra time it was just incredible um, you know by the end Aidan O'Shea is in the in the clear so this was something um, it's not going to the, the he's not going to be charged so he's okay for the final this was obviously he ran onto the field the final whistle had been blown so it's not seen as an incursion onto the field uh, during play so Aidan O'Shea is going to be alright um, for the final he's going to have to shake off that performance now Brendan Yeah well this one we only found out then he had an injury going into the game I think it what started played 62 consecutive championship games you know he's just part and parcel that's why the shock and you just look at the highlights you know when he came off and the, and the way the camera followed him right up and that it just seems to follow. I think in, in, in Ireland, us, us normal-sized people have a fascination with really huge people like him. It's as if when he comes out in the pitch at the end, well, if that was any other player, there wouldn't be much about it. Because he's so big, then, it's almost like the big guy in the playground. He's out pushing double. I kind of admire him for being out there at the end lo- looking after his players. I, I have no problem with that. The sheer size of him, if he's going to put you in the way, you're probably going to get put out of the way. So listen, the whistle are gone, but I certainly think that uh, there is seems to be so much coverage around him, no matter no matter what he does. 
must be hard for him to handle at times. So the thing about it coming on and off as well, I think that shows a wee bit of maturity. You know, um, it was obviously like a nice picture, but with him and Horn at the end, and, and people talk about big calls and that. I don't think O'Shea. I mean, you talk, we talked about it the last day, Willie, about his position. Where does he play when he goes inside? And I wouldn't mind any of them if he caught the mark. Yeah. <laughs> he, he might be inside any, but that's a post with it. So I think maybe that injury really had, had knocked him back a small bit. But his importance to me is, I think, is way overseeded in terms of how everybody else looks at it to the team because he's seen the balance of the team seem, seem to improve when he goes on. But that doesn't mean that he still can't create issues when it come on. Maybe not even by how he plays, but just the, the presence that he takes up around there. The, the accusation at him is that he has an ego, I suppose, uh, Johnny. And I'm looking at the picture of himself and Horan. I'm looking at him when he came off. He didn't sulk. He was down, you know, for a player of his importance to Mayo, he was taken off. He was back down warming up to maybe come back on again. Now, I hold my hands up. If I was taken off after 49 minutes as captain, I'd be so disgusted with myself. Not so much even the manager. I'd be so livid. I'd have my head in my hands. And I mightn't even be watching the rest of the game. Like, I mean, so that there's an ego involved in my me acting like that. You know, I, it's been a, a self-absorbed. And I know the game, I know it's changed a lot now, Johnny, where it's way more focused on team than maybe even when we played. And, you know, but like I was impressed at his reaction to not making it all about himself or sulking. Yeah, I look at everybody has an ego, you know, some are a lot bigger than others. And, and, and you, you, of course you would be disappointed. And like that, you know, we've all got, got the curly finger from time to time. And there's times, you know, you'd be thinking, Jesus, am I that bad? And you'd be doubting yourself and you'd be, you know, sitting in the stand and you'd be so disappointed with your own performance. And you're rightly, it's not a case of anything else which you know, questioning yourself. But... I think Aidan O'Shea, like he's not captain of that team. Like James Horn's a very astute man, you know. He he, I don't think he'd make and any manager managing at that level any decisions they made, they're calculated decisions, and you know they made him captain for a reason. Um, and I'd be a little bit inclined to to agree with Brendan in in you know. I don't think I wasn't shocked with him coming off. To be honest with you, I thought you know his performance wasn't great. Yeah, no, he had to come off. Yeah, and and like you 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 look at him and say and maybe. Michael Murphy coming off Donegal and I'm thinking oh gee. you know you're t- looking at it totally different because of you know the, the presence and, and um, the leadership you know and the, sc- the big scores like we, you know if you need a score if Donegal needs a big score you're thinking get the ball to Murphy you're not saying the same about Aidan O'Shea he brings something totally different to the, to the, to the thing but I, I think in fairness to O'Shea you know while he would be disappointed and, and may, we don't know what goes on like we've seen it in the past where um, you know, management might bring out like Canavan came off and came back on again, or came off and came back on again. Maybe there was something there. Listen, you mightn't last the full game here, Aiden. You're you're kind of a bit of a knock, but you need to keep yourself right. And if this is in the melting pot with ten minutes to go, you've got to come back in and make an impression. Like we 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 just don't know. Yeah. I would be thinking. Well, maybe he didn't bring him back on. He brought Loftus back on before O'Shea. O'Shea only came back on for like a, a minute at the end when yeah. Fenton went in. Full yeah, forward. yeah. But I, my 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 point with with O'Shea is, you know, he is captain. He's He's an influential, and it's not a you know everybody influences the team a different way, and and your actions is probably the best way to to, to influence a team. You know it would be easy to feel sorry for tomorrow's the day for feeling sorry for yourself in, in the pub and when 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 you're beaten if that was going to be the case, and then you can do all the bitching you want like we all do, um, but you have to be the main man here and and be bigger than that. And any team and that are are going to go places, the the, the greater. The, the team is bigger than any one person and we've seen that so often in the past and I think you know in the GA terms 
we do that pretty well. Yeah, I think his days maybe at full forward might be numbered, Brendan. He's much better out tackling, getting a hand in, working hard around the midfield and takes all the pressure off him. A lot of pressure on a fella who's not actually very accurate. I felt that myself you know, in my career when I played full forward, some of the time they go over, other times they wouldn't and you might be called, oh jeez, you can't kick it when it matters. No, sorry, I miss them in training. You know, this kind of way, like I just, I'm just not that accurate and I think Aidan O'Shea suffers from that, that some days they go over, some days they don't and he, like the joy some people, I never, I don't get it with Aidan O'Shea, I like him, I think he's a very wholehearted player, I think he wears his heart in his sleeve, I think he, he, he works incredibly hard Um I just don't get the joy people get out of him not playing well. He's, he's genuinely spits people, doesn't he? 50, it's 50-50. It's like, opposition fans hate him. You know, they just seem to absolutely really rejoice when he doesn't play well, especially on a big day. Yeah, there seems to be an odd player singled out a bit, Willie. Um, again, honestly, I think it's going back to his size thing and people maybe think that he can bully people and... Do you remember the goal he scored against Donegal a few years ago where he just threw a couple of Mark McEwen and somebody else out of the way and planted the ball in the bottom corner? See, I suppose we've seen things like that I mean, in the Connacht final. Remember, he hit 4-5 or something uh, one day. I know, listen, it was, it was Sligo. No offence to Sligo. Yeah, he's but, very good you know, against Sligo. Said, well, <laughs> sorry, well, you know, as you said, well, you see in that, in that finite at the very, very top, which is only really going to happen maybe at a, a, a semi-final final time, you're not going to trust them to, to flick that ball over the bar. I think what you're on about him being maybe a bit peeved by, by taking off, Horn wouldn't have made him captain if that was in him, you know? Your captain has to kind of be raise above anything like that, you know, in terms of his input, because even when he's sitting there, when he comes off, he has to be involved with the players around him. He always has to be the voice. So I didn't think he was going to have any major issue with it. But as I say, it was funny how he was tracked and what he brings. And I think you're right, boy. If you play him inside... Kind of the, 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 the spotlight that he takes, if he doesn't play well, then I think that affects Mayo. So, you know, they, they don't need him in that. They need him using his physicality out the pitch, either winning ball, breaking the tackle, and then giving it off to someone who could score. And now, you know, after some of the performances in the weekend, you know, the, the tails will be up to the, you know, the likes of uh, Conrad, Donovan, and these boys. They're going to come in now, you know, uh, uh, buzzing into this final. I can't really see these guys playing again. You know, they've... You're on about obviously Killian uh, being out. Who was going to start to chip on my scores? And very excited about the lads like that there and, and the freshness that they're coming to it, Willie. And I suppose we may owe, oh, you just have this thing where, let's say they lose the final, they're just coming back next year. It doesn't, it's kind of gone past the stage now, I think, Willie, where everybody else have, all the stick they would have taken and you would have seen it, different WhatsApp groups and like it's always stick to me, oh, stick to me. Oh. I think it's gone that far now. I mean, what's that six, seven finals in ten, 10 years? It's gone past the stage now where it's it's like psychological for them. I just think they're ready to go every year. And here they go again, another final. And it, I don't think well, it'll affect them if, if they lose it. No, I don't think we, every county in Ireland, outside of Kerry and Dublin, every county supporters would love to support me, would love if their county. W- was doing what Mayo was doing. That's the reality of it. Like, I mean, Mayo are reaching the all Ireland final nearly every other year, Johnny. Like, I mean, you know, they're not getting over the line, but what a summer they give their, their oh, supporters. Yeah, absolutely. And the other side of it is, you know, while, while people, you know, talk about all coming back, like, let's be honest about it. 
if I was a player knowing that I'm going to be knocking around the business end of the championship every year, I think yeah. it's probably a little bit easier. Like you could imagine a player in Leitrim thinking, oh, Jesus, all this winter training and chances are I might get one, if I'm lucky, get one win in the championship. I think it's a bit harder to come back then. Yeah, you know, true. I, I would be. But just going back to the Aidan O'Shea thing, you know, and people, you know, you, you mentioned the Woolly where the opposition fans hate him, the Mayolas love him. You know, he's the ultimate player because would I like to have him would I like to play against him? No, because he's physical. He doesn't mind throwing his weight around. He'll, you know, he'll step into you. He'll use what he's, he's the power and the presence he has. So I'd hate to play against him. Would I love him in a white jersey for Calair? Absolutely love if he was a teammate. And that to me is the ultimate player. You know, he he does exactly what you want him to do for for his team. Um, and and as I say. I, I have great time for him. Um, there's times when he when he is playing, you're thinking, "Oh, don't get involved in that." And but he's a competitor, and and uh, you know, like you're playing at the highest level, and whatever it's whatever sixty two match comp- uh, consecutive matches, that says an awful lot about a guy that's able to come back. You know, big lad. He's he's pulling a lot of a lot of muscle around, a lot of. Uh, body around the pitch you know there's going to be knocks and every lad looking to size up against him hop off him and he's playing 62 competitive games for his county you know he's a real he's a real uh, you know real plus for for Mayo football yeah no definitely and uh, like I mean I was always uh, more on the side of playing him in the full forward line but I think just to take the pressure off him after that performance would be easier for him to settle back in um, in around the middle Mayo obviously have a month off now um, I think they'd be delighted with the month Oshin Mullen will probably be back he had a quad injury a month plus the probably week you might be looking at five weeks he should be back Brennan Harrison came on got a couple of minutes all-star corner back he was well able for Paul Mannion and that's not an easy bloody task so maybe he's the man for Clifford and Mayo are delighted to get a month's training back into him because the reality is most players coming back from as long as he's been out need to get their eye in but an old bloody corner back mauling out of you they don't really have to get their eye in do they like I mean they just have to get their eye back in to be able to spoil and he's a proper um, old school cornerback so maybe he's the man for Clifford but we'll talk about that in due course. The reason they obviously have a, a month off is because Tyrone are very, very good poker players, uh, Brendan. So th- they didn't blink. The GEA, they, they, they knew the GEA had no hand and they basically had uh, two kings because the GEA couldn't throw away 1 million euros in the financial state they're in. Like, I mean, there's, they've taken pay cuts, the staff, all these kind of things. The game had to be played from a GA point of view. They offered Tyrone a week. Tyrone, very, very cheekily, I might, I might say, look for two weeks. So they've held the GA to ransom. They've held the club competitions in Mayo, Kerry and Tyrone uh, to ransom. And they got the two weeks that they're looking for. It leaves a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth, if I have to be honest with you. How do you, how do you feel about it? Yeah, well, luckily Tom weren't playing poker with you because you're already chatting with Clifford and all there in the final and matchups and that. So uh, <laughs> if, if, if you were in the game, they would have been gone. <laughs> so uh, sorry to my Tom friends. Uh, I'll, I'll apologise about that. But, but, <laughs> but well, yeah, it's just the whole the whole grey area of this uh, leaves it open. You know, people talk about it. I heard them, I don't always call them Cooper, said, why did they do a week initially? Because... From the Tuesday night, there was the ten-day window, so the week could have uh, sufficed if, if, if it was a certain amount of players that, that they could have went on. That's why the week was first in there. And then, of course, Tyrone went and get their own medical assessment and said, "Listen, this this isn't possible. It can't be done." So, uh, so it still remains to see really what what shape they'll be in two weeks' time as well. It's such uh, everything's so up in the air about it. Tough and carry, but sure, what can you do about it, really? 
Well, I suppose, uh, you know, I suppose what, what, can, what can you do about it? You can make them play it. If they had 10 hamstring injuries, they'd have to play it. And that's the reality of it. It's a terrible situation for Tyrone. Yeah. You have to think about Kerry. You have to think about Mayo. They should have played the game the week yeah. after. And they were getting some lads back um, for that week. They just wouldn't have all of them. They just Tyrone should have just had to play it. That's the way yeah. I look at it. Now well, a precedent has been yeah, set, Brandon, yeah. at club level. Or as the G are going to be looked, oh, for money, it's OK. But what about the poor club yeah. team now before a county final they have to be given to it it's messy it's very messy and yeah. I thought Tyrone should yeah. have just taken the week and thanked them for the week to get some of their lads back and played the game uh, well listen Mookie, well as you said they threw it back in the GA court obviously for man I look for a league game put off there not allowed Sligo were kicked out of the championship but it's, but because they, could, they couldn't feel remember uh, previously to, to Galway uh, last year, so so you had this. The, they weren't given the opportunity, but as you said, at this level now, and how this breakout happened, if they had a forced Thrones hand there, really, and Thrones pulled out, it would, I suppose, marred the whole championship. So yeah. another week, I can't see really now. Every county board has to act their own way around this now, and whether there is time for teams to be given. That extra time, I, I can't really see it. I, I don't think this sets a precedent. I just think that this is a one-off, um, and I still believe I'm not sure now how how Tyrone will be going, in, going into the game. You know, it's it's really left it wide open that you could see them come short. Some players not be at themselves. What do the Kerry players feel if if there's COVID hanging around and they're playing out against them too? There's there's a lot of question marks uh, in there, William. As I say, just because the times is in it. No one has clear, clear answers on it, and people are trying to, I suppose, make the best of it. I can understand the GA giving them the extra week in terms of throwing Paul out of the championship altogether and all the scars that would have left. So, I mean, hopefully the week's done, Tyrone put up a, a good game and, and see what type of game it is and, and let the championship roll on from there. And I think, really, if we look back at the championship, if it was extended that extra two weeks to get it done right, I still think that that's probably the best outcome. Yeah, no, look, to be honest with you, we all want the game played, but I think that's what Tyrone were leaning on, everybody wanting the game played, so they got what they want. You know, like, I mean, there's some questions. John Fogarty had a couple of questions. Like, I mean, he was asking questions in the examiner. Can Tyrone confirm that the players that were considered close contact stayed away from Croke Park on Ulster final? They obviously had an outbreak before the Ulster final. Um, Four lads didn't travel with the squad. Who were their close contacts? Did any of those close contacts go to Croke Park? That's the question he's asked. Did members of the Tyrone panel, in the knowledge that some of their fellow players were, cl- were deemed close contacts, congregate in a public house after winning the Ulster final? He's asking that question. A lot of rumours going around about that. I don't want to say if that's true or if that's not true, but that's out there. My question is, if you've got four or five cases before an Ulster final and none of your teammates are supposed to be close contacts because they're all meant to come to training separately, you're not meant to be a close contact of your teammates. So the close contacts before the Ulster, fi- before the Ulster final, the, the, the positive cases and the close contacts, that should have been sorted. How are you coming after an Ulster final uh, a week later and having 21 cases, Johnny? There's something not adding up here. 17 players and four backroom team. Yeah, there's how, something. Like, that, <laughs> how is that possible? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a strange one. Um, and, and look at... You know, if like that, if if you're going on HSE or, or NHS guidelines, it's probably not possible unless you're congregating in, in big groups. Unless you've um, been unless you've been too close to each other. Yeah, absolutely. And and um, look, we can surmise all we want, um, what what happened. But as I say, we, we talked about it here a couple of weeks ago, Willie. 
you know, you're after winning an Ulster final, you, you know, you put two and two together, you'd say there's probably, they, they, they celebrated that. Um, and If that's the case, and I'm not saying that it is, and the championship has been put back for two weeks, it's outrageous. Be do you understand that? my, my uh, no, point? I, I do if, understand if that's what's point. happened here, yeah. well, like we don't, nobody will know. No, on no. only the people in Tyrone. But if the whole championship has been held to ransom, and it's it's because they haven't been looking after things, and I'm not I'm not blaming Fergal Logan for that, who's meant to follow the protocols to a T. I'm talking about something. So something's not adding up here, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and and uh, look, we we'll never know. Um, you know, we can surmise all we want. The, the big thing, as you pointed out, was. Tyrone need, would feel and, and let's be very honest about it if it was Kildare in an All-Ireland final or Leash in an All-Ireland final we're saying what is the best for us we don't care about setting precedents we don't care about whether the club championship is held up in, in Kerry we don't care if Kerry are undercooked or overcooked we've got to do what, what we feel is best for, for, for Tyrone and or for whatever your, your, your team is involved in and that's what they've done here they've done they've put the painted the best possible picture for Tyrone to get them in a, the best possible position not only to get back and to get their players that were you know give them every opportunity to be well and fit but also to get back onto the training field and, and be the best possible they, that they can be and for that to happen they needed an extra extra week and they did what most of us if we're honest would do in that situation yeah. Yeah, that's, without, that's what they've done without necessarily blaming them and I have to point out that I think there's special circumstances for all Ireland semi-finals so maybe they're only maybe a precedent has only been set for all Ireland semi-finals rather than knock it back uh, through club and stuff well, like you know, that well, like, I, I just, I just if, if there was some kind of session I'll tell you it was well managed because you know what I know there's nothing escapes now without uh, somebody taking a bloody video or something so there must have been phones in the bag, boys, behind the bar. <laughs> Jim <laughs> McGuinness, Jim McGuinness at the front, front of the bus, collecting the phones. <laughs> McGuinness, McGuinness, maybe <laughs> organised the day. Yeah, listen, that that that's what must would, would have happened. Phones off, phones off, no. lads. But God knows why. You know, predicting with that uh, Delta variant at the minute. Listen, even if there was some kind of few few grouped together. The way things are spreading and there's high cases in that in the north. Yeah. Nobody can ever actually say where it came from anywhere. That's why. There's probably no point in, in delving in there yeah. because even if a few lads did have pints together, you couldn't guarantee that that was it. And I suppose that's the, the, the question marks. It's that there's no point, in, I suppose, trying to answer uh, all Fogarty's things because even if that was done right, there's still other ways it can get in. I think that's why nobody's delved in there too much. Yeah, there's, but the numbers are very high in Tyrone as well in, in their defence that they could have got it in the community. Um, we're not too sure. It just seems like a huge, huge outbreak. 21 after a small outbreak. Do you understand whether that was managed properly? But, uh, Fergal Logan talked about vaccinations and I thought this was a strange one. We won't spend too much time on it, lads. Um, he said, part of the consideration this year, obviously Mayo are fully vaccinated, Limerick and the Hurling are fully vaccinated, Kerry are fully vaccinated. They're the three that I definitely know. Part of the consideration this year is because it was, uh, compressed, it was a compressed league and championship. We were anxious that if the guys were vaccinated, they might go under for two weeks and that might inhibit their performance. Can I, can I read into that that Tyrone have chosen not to vaccinate their players because they think their 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 performance might drop for two weeks and there was games coming quick and fast? And if that's the case, that's obviously a mistake at this stage of the of the season, Johnny. I don't think we, we, there's no need to discuss it. I just thought it was a very interesting quote that they decided. It looks like they made the decision not to do it um, because they thought and incorrectly that you're going to be you know under pressure for two weeks. I don't know where they're getting that from. It's I've never really. Well, I'd say I'd say it's it's back to the old thing, you know. 
I could be vaccinated at the same time as you and you were fine and you're gone training that night and I'm feeling a bit lethargic and, you know, there's a... You would have some people got a little bit of a reaction from it. But yeah. in, in general, I thought that what's, what I've known and, and spoke to anyone that did feel a little bit off after it was in a day or two, you were right as rain again. Yeah. You know, when I, when, when I got my, bought my vaccines, I never, there was a little pinch in the arm and you were gone about your business, you know. But no, uh, you're a different so. breed, though. Oh, you're, <laughs> you're, a, you're a greyhound, Johnny. You're, you're, a, you're a different uh, breed altogether. I was sick for a day. But anyway, so listen, the CCCC... CCCC is uh, they haven't decided if they're going to look into the the John Small challenge on Owen McLaughlin. Philip Jordan, I thought was an interesting one. Brendan on Twitter is talking about. He says the John Small challenge is evidence enough that the GEA need to change its rules. Everybody always wants a rule change every whenever something happens. Had it been shoulder to shoulder, no foul would be committed. No sport can allow a player attempt to hurt another player, and it's possible to be in, within the rules. Time to follow the lead of other sports. Like, uh, what, what Philip is saying here is that, you know the suicide balls where you're wide open and you catch it and the minute you catch yeah. it, you're met with a shoulder. You're not looking, you're not braced for it and you're rolled off, Brendan. He's saying that that should be outlawed or against the rules. Well, it's a difficult because everybody listening to this now will, will know that every team that you've played for right up in this season, if it's open to do, you're supposed to do it. And there's certain players on the pitch which luck to do it. Every team will probably have one or two. Really. It's been on our game since, since time gone. I mean, that was that was horrible. Of course, I feel so sorry for him and his family and, and, and anybody close to him, you know, for, for missing the final and that night. But listen, every team, Club County, has told, if that position is lined up, you have to go on. He just didn't execute it right. And, I mean, Small himself, I mean, the Taliban were getting better media coverage last week than Small. I mean, it was it was all out like in warfare on on him. And I, I just, even though he did, uh, the challenge in terms of when you step in sometimes, well, if you look at the difference there, how, how your head can even drop, you're coming in, you're trying to hit the shoulder full on. Even the criticisms about about that at the time, you've seen most of the time that happens, well, the player gets hit, maybe wounded, takes a fizz out of you, you get up and you get on. This one obviously didn't end that way. So, I mean, the people want to completely change the rules in that way. It's been in our game from, from, from day one. Usually this is never the outcome of it, but that potential is there. It's a bit like what we see in other sports now. You know, you see a player winning the ball now in the Premier League and a hard tackle, he wins the ball and it's still a free. Uh, is that a good side of the game? Is there a potential that guy could, could have an ankle break in there? It depends how far we want to, want to go with this. Yeah. But I think, again, because it's the game that's in it, it's become so much high, more high profile because of everybody that's been involved. But some of the, some of the stuff that's come out of it, well, it's been way OTT, I th- especially I, on yeah. uh, Small. I think we're going a little bit soft, um, to be honest. Like, I mean, the John Small McLaughlin one was not the worst case of one of these. Like, McLaughlin was wasn't really like you see some of these blind ones where the runner the, the fellow who catches it is actually running full full pelt and someone comes recklessly and, and almost you know like those Aussie rules mad hits this was not a mad hit it was a fairly controlled effort at a shoulder like if you're trying to take that out of the game like where does that stop then Johnny you'd be like what if a midfielder is 16 stone and 6 foot 4 and he goes in and lays out fairly an 11 stone forward and he goes off with a broken collarbone or a broken arm 
Like, is that going to be outlawed then? Yeah. Because, oh, we can't have... It's, you're basically at the point where you're saying in a tough physical game, we can't have anybody hurt. Yeah. I, That's I, nonsense, no? I think I think that this incident has probably raised a, a little bit of question. Number one is, the game has gone so fast now. Like, when did we last see a shoulder like that? Very, you know, it's it's nearly... You know, you're very seldom... Because players are moving so fast. The chances to get to line up... Now, it does happen. I think... And when you go to line up a player, there's a point of no return. You make it, you're going to hit hit him square on the shoulder. Now, I didn't go too, looking for too many shoulders. No. But you're, you're looking to hit him square on the shoulder. Now, if he turns in any way... Slightly. Any way at all, you're in trouble. And and you have to... you Because you you're, you didn't hit him on the shoulder. And I think the big thing for what, what led a lot of people, left a lot of people disgruntled, was the fact that the, the game wasn't stopped. Like, he fell as if, you know... Yeah. No, we'll all agree on that one. Yeah, no, because like where the small. I think now did some of the pictures going around didn't help the matter either because when he when he went all of a sudden automatically the elbow comes up and when you stop that and, and you look at that picture it looks like he cut the head of him with an elbow and he broke his jaw with an elbow that's what it looks like but. You know, I have a little bit of sympathy for for John Small in there. Now, John Small plays the game on the edge, and there is players. He likes to hit lads. He yeah. likes to hit lads. I remember, I remember a couple of years ago, um, there was it was Mick was eighty at Bertus. There was a few of us fighting down to Waterville um, to play this rest this of Ireland versus Kerry. Man must have mustn't delivered that. <laughs> <laughs> you were on holidays, I think, at the time. But we went down anyway, and uh, I was probably. You know, it was lot. Just it was a great weekend. Lots of, you know players that great Kerry players but anyway I, I was playing in full forward anyway and I was still playing and sort of a bit of a swagger about me that some of these other lads were finished playing and I was going to you know uh, I was going to go to town the first ball came in and Bar- I was marking Barry O'Shea turned kicked it over the wall second ball came in a true bit of a dummy right <laughs> and kicked the ball over the bar thinking you know cock of the hoop here next thing bang I hit the ground. I didn't know where I was. <laughs> what was after happening? The crowd were going. It was, and it was a big enough crowd there. It was like a, an ooh moment. And I sort of got myself. I said, Jesus, I have to get up here now. I can't be seen. <laughs> and Seamus Minan was standing over me. And if to say, boy, you don't be coming down here throwing shapes. He was, that was the way he was. Now, this was a, uh, an exhibition game. And I was there. It took me the rest of the game. To, my teeth were rattling. Yeah. He hit me that hard. So there's there's players that are really good at that. And Small will look for them hits all the time. Um, and and you know he he made he made an attempt to go and hit him square on, and uh, it just came off wrong. It looked terrible bad. And in fairness to that, that he's he's you know. But I don't. I never think. John Small went out to do any damage only to hit him square and knock him knock him to the ground and take the ball off him but the big thing was it should have been stopped there and then because he, like you say, he went down like he, he was it was a sack of spuds he was, yeah. he was under pressure no he did but we've seen some great players we've seen Francie Bellew you've seen James McCarthy Mike Fitzsimons got Lee Keegan last year we've seen so many players who are not dirty players hitting these ones and some of them are worse than the John Small ones like Kevin Max Day has done another 180 remember he was co-commentator on the Common game and he was praising their, or he was on analysis he was praising and their tactics and then came out in the Irish Times criticising them and now on his co-commentary with the John Small one he saw nothing wrong with it live um, you know then kind of used the excuse I don't blame him live because I didn't think there was much wrong with it live but then like I mean in his co-com he didn't go didn't go heavy on it and now he's gone in his Irish Times um, talking about uh, weirdly he's talking about the, the hits on players that are not really expecting it he says weirdly it's celebrating Gaelic football as an act of bravery it could be easily construed as an act of cowardice I don't think it's an act of cowardice and I think there's a value of having a fellow who likes hitting lads there 
it it will put a doubt in one or two of the windier lads on the opposition team. Don't be going in there. Hit, you know, like, I mean, imagine a, a high ball coming in and you're around him, an enforcer type lad. It'll put a doubt well, in one or two lads' minds. Yeah, and, and you look at, we, like, we do laud that type of, like, to be able to take a shoulder, give a shoulder, it's it's a skill in the game, whether we like it or not. There's some some lads don't like to get it. And it's the when you're not looking. See, this is the question yeah, people have. But like my argument to that would be, you should all like boxers are told protect yourself at all times. Yeah, but like it, and you know, Johnny, when it is when you are blind, you know there's a, a da- like a second where you go, I'm wide open here. Yeah. Brace yourself yeah. always. No? And, and and there is there is times you're wide open. You think oh, I'm going to get it here, and you just have and to try. But sometimes it doesn't come at all. Like Absolutely. a lot of the time. But you look at you look at the and when we see it, and I think it might be, and I could be wrong in this. I think it might be in the opening of the of the Sunday game, or certainly was the time. Is is Dermot O'Connor or um, the Rock? Um, Dermot O'Sullivan. Dermot O'Sullivan, where against him, where he's he, your man comes at him with everything. He's Hits him a shoulder, drops him on, and he drives the ball over the bar. And we're thinking, oh, what? You know, this is unbelievable. Um, and now we're in Gaelic, in Gaelic football, we're thinking, oh, well, you can't really shoulder. You know, you can't have both sides. You know, like, I think it's a skill in the game. We don't see it too often. It Listen, young, that, young McLaughlin, you know, obviously got a really tough, and, and you, your heart will go out to missing the game. And let's, but you can't, there should have been sanction. Like you can't go and give a lot, and if you don't meet him on the shoulder, there has to be consequences. That's the big thing. I like. Do you think Small should get a ban for it? I well, no, no. I think the I think it was an incident that did wasn't picked up. I couldn't see him getting a ban, but I think that's why they can revisit it. You see, yeah. Well, the referee didn't deal well, with it. That's the other side. Of it. But like, if he hit him, like he was only a bit off the, the shoulder to shoulder. Like he, he probably got him maybe front. But if he hit him straight in the straight in the in the front frontal in the face, we'd be saying, oh, you know, if you're going to make it, you have to make sure you land the shoulder to shoulder because that's shoulder charge is in the rules. If you do, if you're off that. You have, You're to out the, you have to you take, take the consequences. Front. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. What do you think, Brenda? The only thing in John Small's defence before we move off this is that he wasn't reckless. He wasn't off his feet. He was in with his arm down beside his side, and it was very, very unfortunate. Do you think he he sh- he, de- he deserves a ban for it? That's that's one of the things. Well, just because of the nature of the injury, I suppose there's going to be a clamber for some kind of ban. I just go back to the fact that that, that Small. Go to just give him a heavy hit, and it, after the, the the jaw connection was always going to be an accident. Uh, Willie, you know, and Jim McStay doing three sixties and fly kicks and what have you. Sure, that's that's part of McStay, you know. And I, I can understand McStay actually in live time, Willie. I just thought he got a heavy hit as well. Yeah. So I mean, revisiting it. Uh, I mean, if you thought that Small was lining him up to actually do this, then yeah, he deserves a ban. Of course, he does in a long one. But if Small was going to hit the game with a shoulder, trying to just give him on those heavy hits in football, which he was, the rest of it was an accident, boy. So it's a difficult one. Yeah, no, it definitely is. Right, we'll leave it there and we'll come back and have a chat about what's after happening to Dublin. Yeah, so since the match, everybody's been wondering what 
it's after happening to Dublin. Like, I mean, I saw Pillar Caffrey talking about maybe the COVID breach rattled them. And like, I mean, nobody was talking about that until, you know, after the match, the whole Desi Farrell suspension. We talked about motivation, the Stephen Cluxton. Like the reality is they scored four points in, in maybe 60, 65 minutes. They, thir- they conceded 35 turnovers. They all lost their discipline completely. Fellas, you'd never think uh, would. Um, like it was a complete kind of meltdown for Dublin, which is a is, is a very strange one. Like they're obviously very, very conservative. Me and Brendan have talked about this on the show a good bit, either defensive or conservative. I think they went to a new extreme sooner night, Johnny. One kind of thing was Jim Gavin won the All-Ireland in 2013. 2014, they had an embarrassing loss. Um, they were way too attacking. And they came back the next year and they tweaked it. And they would Keno Sullivan as the sweeper. And they were a lot more defence-minded. And they never looked back. Now, over the course of the five in a row and, you know, into the six in a row, they've gradually become very possession-orientated and very risk-averse. So what I'm hoping is now, because I kind of understood why they kept doing it when they were winning, why would they change it? Now that they've lost... Can we see the opposite of 2014 where they went a little bit more defence-minded? Can we see them going here? Let's start blowing teams away again. Let's start taking chances. Let's start getting down the ball down the field. Let's start moving the ball at pace. Let's start running at pace. And let's go back to a team. I doubt they care about what people think. But back having te- a team, people go, geez, they're a great team. Great yeah. team to watch. Yeah, well, look, there's, there's no doubt about it. They'll, they'll spend a the winter, you know, recapping and, and looking to see you know, what can we do? How can we, we change things? Because, you know, the team, the swashbuckling team that we would have seen with Jim Gavin, you know, there's so much of a turnover. The, the big thing for me at the weekend was, you know, with this team is that they're human. Do you know? And like, you, we've seen things from, from different people, um, you know, the, you know, talk about things maybe to James McCarthy that you'd never see him. But, you know, there's so many facets of the game to come in. You know, what way is he meant? And and uh, it's maybe hard to get this point across. But you know, he's he's have, he's so much on the clock. And um, maybe has he the hunger to keep going back? Have the you know? Is there things that maybe? Uh, and these are all we're surmising. Is there things that our standards maybe slipping a little bit that wouldn't happen under? And it's annoying him. And there's all these little things coming in. Maybe you know the Cluxton thing wasn't maybe. Co- put to bed I, I found it very very strange at the time that Desi came out and said he didn't know what the story was with, with his captain like I know he maybe just told us that No I'd say that was the truth I wouldn't like, say Cluxton was answering the phone to him Yeah but like again that's not a, you know these from a team that like when you looked at that Dublin team on there and there's times you look at it and said you know there was you'd never nobody was out of play everything was just so mechanical they'd never work they'd never kick a stupid ball they'd never take you know a high risk shot everything was so controlled even when you know when, when Connolly who was that type of player would just play off the cuff and maybe he was allowed to do that a little bit Um, you know there was times to even pull him back from doing that it was just everything was nearly robotic and then all of a sudden then when, when for whatever reason and I think maybe things had slipped even before even if they'd won at the weekend I think things had changed in Dublin there was a couple of things had changed um, but I, I don't buy into the to the whole thing that oh that's them gone yeah, they're going to have to re, re, um, re-evaluate things they're looking maybe looking to see you know what way we want to try play we need to definitely need to freshen up the squad you know I, I've looked at Dublin underage uh, over the last number of years 
you would wonder like they have a few really really good players but I remember seeing Kilkenny playing minor football um, Kieran Kilkenny and you were you knew he was going to make it he just was at a different level yeah um, and I probably have now you say young Archer uh, maybe but he sort of hasn't yeah Jerry Brennan there. doesn't speak too highly of him now at club level apparently you can get inside his head or he, he doesn't stand out at, at senior club level but you mentioned the Kilkenny thing though right uh, obviously Mannion Kilkenny and McCaffrey came in around 2013 gave them a great boost Brian Fenton John Small came in in 15 Conor Callaghan came in in 17 Brian Howard came in in 18 these are very very top level players yeah absolutely now they've dried up I think we'll all agree on that. They've won eight of the last ten Leinster under-20s. They still have loads of players coming through, Brendan. They just don't have those, you know, magic players. But, like, I mean, you look at their defence. You have McCarthy, you have Cooper, you have Fitzsimons. They're all 32 next year. You know, like, I mean, that that's the reality of it. And they're going to have to start freshening up. Maybe, like, uh, they've lost so many players. There is a, there is a bit of a transition coming. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's very interesting. I mean, me and you had this debate way back when I was on about how Dublin play and how we can see them play. And I know it was, it was just a, a, a league semi-final, but the robotic nature of that, I just think that that wears you down over time in terms of your enjoyment. I mean, you can imagine the enjoyment of, of uh, Jim Gavin that time that he was going all out attack only for Donegal ruined the party. But you imagine the balls that they had there. They were literally just going to go and blitz teams everywhere. So, you know, the turnover play, you're right, those sprinkling of brilliance that's come in and whether Mannion and McCaffrey's you know, days are, are, are gone or not, you know, could there be some kind of comeback uh, for them? Because that you can't replace brilliance like that, like O'Sullivan, that, and, and just every year there seem to be a couple of players would come in and just lift this team. And when it came down to those small moments in the game, there'd be a wee bit of magic from them. But I, I think Desi now has to make this his team, you know, I mean, last season he just kept things turning over and you, you couldn't fault him. He couldn't come in and just change it himself. So football's moved on that bit uh, now. And I think to get the balls back in Dublin, that's what they got to do. they got to gotta start playing off the cuff a bit more, not playing the complete percentages and, and go for teams. There's nothing to be lost at this stage, why? but certainly everything was pointing towards, you know, it wasn't just those issues. It'd be like, I mean, Philly McMahon coming out saying that he, that he might miss the Mayo game because he's involved with Bowes and even... You know, you know, there's there's different people there. The question marks about retirements, loud and even you know, on the, on the eve of Leinster and that, there was all these wee queries started to come up, even on the back of, of Cluxton and that. And I suppose it had to come to a head at some stage. And I'm just wondering, really, that first half in particular, did Dublin feel the pressure of all the questions that were asked because their Leinster form wasn't there. That was like the Dublin of old at times. They were they were really on it. They were all over Mayo, and then they were converting chances. I'm just wondering, was that just a pre-match kind of pump? Did it kind of lift them that first half? Because the form of this year started to come out in that second half. And then when it came down to the battle, you know, they just faded away. And that's, I suppose, that's going to every great run has to come to an end, really. And, and you're right. I think for, for Desi now, I would definitely be changing styles in terms of how Dublin approach next year. Yeah, because when, Johnny, sorry to cut you off, when the, when the real pressure came on, I think from the 63rd minute on, when Mayo were pressing him all over the field, where they didn't have a second on the ball, even in the corner back spot, Dublin had no answer for that because Dublin are so used to teams dropping off them and allowing them those, kicking it over and back to field. Dublin had no answer to that press all over the field. No, and no teams do it to them. No, and, and, and maybe the fact, like, even even last week we were talking, you know, and, and we were talking, before you asked us for our predictions, we were talking how great Mayo, Mayo were and... 
you know, we talked about the same things, the clocks and the Wexford performance, you know, the second half against Mead, um, you know, not not scoring a, a goal against Kildare. All these things we're talking, we were we were saying maybe Dublin aren't a team. And that, listen, these boys are human. That's going to, and then when the pressure comes on, maybe there is a little bit of doubt that, geez, you know, we're not going well. You know, and, and, and all of a sudden then, when you're when you're in those pressure situations, it's very very and a, and a team that's on you know pinning you down, it's very very difficult to switch it on, just like that when when there's doubts in your head and and I think there's a, certainly there was a little bit of that in it. We've seen like you've seen some stuff that was just lu- it was just ludicrous. You know, um, Evan Comfort getting the ball gives it to David Bourne. I think David Bourne gives it back. Don't give it to me. And, and they ran along the end line. Yeah, for the last and next 45. for the last forty-five. Like how many times we've never seen that in the last ten years from Dublin? They just there'd be an, uh, an outlet there, and all of a sudden they just break the break the tackle, and they were on up the field. Like in front, like if you saw under tens at that, you said just don't go back across your own square. Like yeah. these are really basic things. Um, and and the other question is, uh, you know, like you have you have lads there like you have James McCarthy you have, you have Fitzsimons um, eight All-Ireland medals like you know they're going to probably have a good long think about about the, their future over the winter as well and there is going to be a bit of a bit of a transition in Dublin and you know while, while we loved you know Dublin have been unbelievable champions I think it's forced other counties maybe to to, to find a way, um, and 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 Mayo certainly found a way against them um, and put them put them on the back foot with some heroic stuff like some of the scores they kicked, some of the turnovers, and you know there was lots of different times and there were different instances in that game. I certainly think the Evan Comerford where he was forced to overturn. I thought that was a really really tough decision. Like if that decision was the other end of the field, Mayo people would be really really disappointed. I didn't think he did anything wrong there. Next thing that ball is over the bar. And there's more doubt. See, the one thing about overcarrying, if you're looking around indecisive, it nearly adds two steps onto you. If you pa- if you, you know, yeah, if you pause, and I do he did agree pause. it was harsh. He oh, paused. Very, and that's very what, harsh. Whereas you, if you com- look completely confident and you take three more steps yeah. and you're looking around. He nearly feet, stopped to yeah, see what's yeah, what. Yeah, yeah. Almost to go ref, how many steps have I taken? Yeah, yeah. But but again, you know, and, and, and I know it wasn't Connor Connor Lane's finest performance, but like you know, he, he either got overcarried or he didn't. So, and and I thought that was that was a big moment in the game as well. So yeah, you, you have all these little things that that start to just load on the doubt, load on the doubt, and and uh, you know, and and like Brendan said, you know, every every team gets their their, their days at the top, and and um, you know, the Chase and Packer eventually they're, they're going to catch it, and um, look at. No doubt, Dublin's Dublin's were brilliant champions, but it'll be good to see another name on the Sam Maguire, whoever it is at the end of it. Yeah, cheers. I have to say the numbers for the show on Monday are tr- off the charts. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen as big a numbers because number one, Mayo fans are crazy, and number two, people were getting bored of Dublin winning it every year. Let's be honest, like they, <laughs> and were. they were vexed with you for not pulling up Jerry uh, Brennan as well. <laughs> there was method in your madness, will you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the, that's the, that's the thing. It's just like the, there was a there was a danger, Brendan. I think of the championship becoming boring, and let you know the length Championship is very, very boring, and it's, it's look, it's a joke if we're being honest. And we're looking at six in a row, and we're looking at how can the Dub- Dublin be beaten. And people had switched out, like the numbers of the All Ireland final, even with Mayo involved last year at December on a bad night, um, a winter's night, and Mayo Dublin beat Mayo pretty easily. Who really wants to listen to a show about uh, again? Out, you know, outside of Dublin fans, there was an, a big the, 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 the boost, I think. 
the championship has gotten from Mayo potential Mayo beating Dublin number one, Dublin potentially not being the force they were, Kerry coming into the equation, and now we could have a three, four, five horse f- race where it's not a foregone conclusion at the start of the year. Yeah, yeah, it's huge, Ryan. You know, you're just thinking about Kerry there, like, but most people are thinking that they it was listen to the favourites this year for the first time ever, which tells you a lot about everybody's perception of, of uh, Dublin. And with they getting ready, I mean, you just mentioned there what what Dublin have done to the other teams. They've made probably the better teams get better. And and as they've done that, I suppose those better teams in their own provinces then, outside of Ulster, have, have been too good for teams when it, when it comes down to it, you know, particularly what they've done to Kerry now and where Munster is. And, and this in many ways, but you see me Mayo, maybe it's more second half against Galway than inning, but you just have the feeling that Mayo can do that to Galway and not not vice versa at the minute. And it's a bit like the, the Ulster scenario there, really, where you know you had a couple of teams at the top there, and now you, uh, you have five teams now in, in Ulster, I think, around the next year, which can which can make it more interesting. And that's what we need. We need we need some kind of uh, at least a chance. I mean, was there was there something in the Meath performance, Willie, that gives you any hope that they're that they're bridging the gap? I think that game probably more so than uh, Kildare. Sorry, Johnny. Yeah, well, the Meath are doing very well at underage level, but Kildare have decent uh, players coming through. We might listen, but anyways, we'll uh, we won't get into the the provincial championships. They're going next year, anyways. Maybe uh, we'll have to see what championship restructure. Johnny Offaly, talk about a team going well. What an under twenty team they have. Like, I mean, I was watching this on on Sunday. I watched the rewatched the the Mayo Dublin match in the morning, and like they have some great players. They play a great style of football, like a great kicking game. It almost mirrors their senior team, which Mahan likes to likes to have. They only know one way, and that's forward. They have some very good young players, like Cahill Donahue caught some incredible ball a wing forward. Jack Byron, uh, he's definite senior. And Cormac Egan is a definite senior if he doesn't choose Hurling, which is always a, a questionable one when you allow them to play both the whole way up. Um, until they have to decide what's going to happen to Cormac Egan because he's 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 a fireball when it comes to to playing football. Like Aaron Kellahan is on it. He's Pascal's son. So like I mean, Jesus, you know, like I mean, he's eighteen, nineteen, twenty. He got three or four from play. You know, really good lads coming up through. Unbelievable. Uh, I, I I I I've my hat goes off to Offaly, but I'm not that surprised, uh, Colin. To be to be to be fair, they've do, they've done an awful lot of work. With with their underage, um, you know, I suppose when when you look at it with a county and you look at development squads, and I I know the development squad system, and it gets a lot of hard knocks, and uh, you know people are saying, oh, it's you know it's elite and it's this and it's that. It is what it says in the tin. It is developing players, you know, and 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 make looking at a player and saying at fifteen, yes, he has at this stage he has potential to develop, and maybe he won't develop, but if we a bit like a, a plant if we water him and feed him and give him light there's a chance he's going to develop um, and they've put a huge amount of work into their into their squad structure over the last last couple of years they've left club fixtures to one side at weekends that every weekend that their development squads that's their time in the calendar right not too many not too many counties do that or because there's club game after club game after club game and you've allowed 15 playing minor football um, and he's playing f- 15, 16, 17s and 18s, which is an awful lot. So the work that's been going on there, and I've seen it firsthand with Offaly, that, m- Meyer, uh, that you know, you look at the people in- involved in both their hurling and football, high-profile people in, in Michael Fenley 
and, and John Mohan um, tells you they're taking it serious. And then, you know, Michael Dignan would be one of these people that talks, obviously he's in the media, and but then he put his money where his mouth is. You know, we looked at them in, lock, in lockdown, they got all, I watched it closely, they did a fundraiser, this Grand Canal walk, they brought every club to get involved to raise a few bob and a few bob with the county. So the whole lot was coming together and that is a really strong uh, position to be in and, uh, you know, a rising tide lifts all boats and I think, you know, while they've, are they going to win in All-Ireland Hurling um, in the next couple of years? Who knows? But they're certainly on the up and this will give them great lift if they manage that right and bring these players on right and it's getting that balance right is it when to introduce them too early might sicken them too late you know and there's yeah. going to be a lot of pressure on you know like we, we know that underage doesn't guarantee us anything um, when we come through like Kildare won it in 18 and if if three of that team would just say would be regular you know have started in the Leinster final yeah, it's so not like, many it's not many no. but now there is potential for other lads to come through there was a couple of lads Brian McLaughlin came on and you know but it's again it's getting that balance right but certainly you know from the outside and, and I'm sure there was there was lots of issues and I know maybe like any chairman of a county board Michael Dignan seen as a hurl I'm sure there's some of the football fraternity but like you know, we played them in in a minor a minor um, Leinster semi final last year. You know, and Michael Lydon came onto the field, and you could actually see he went over to every player. He was clapping them on the back. You know, he's not just a hurler man. He was there for what was good for Offaly, um, and 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 I think that's a real positive. You know, yeah, no, definitely. Like I mean, I saw their manager Paddy Kelly. He was on a game on an RT the other night, and he was talking about. I didn't agree with what he was saying. He was saying we're very lucky. That way we'll see if they go into the senior setup. The lads are grounded enough to know that they're not going to be able to go straight into a senior setup and get straight onto the team. It's going to take time and that's really what they need now. They need to serve a couple of years there and obviously with the strength and conditioning uh, game planning, it, it does move up a level from where they are. Yeah, it does move up a level, but they're not under 17s, Brendan. They're out of under 20. Like, I mean, they're more than ready now. They'll be putting two or three of these straight into a senior team, especially Offaly's, and and get a buzz off their confidence and their, you know, never say die attitude and their fearlessness and all those things. Jesus, I was 19 when I played senior and you're going up thinking geez, I'm well able for this. Like, I mean, 1920, you're more than time. I think you're being way too conservative there, their manager is. You don't want to have to mind a 1920 year old to play senior. Yeah, but you, you had uh, Colin Maroke, remember saying you were the future, you were the new GA, you were guaranteed all-star material. See, you, did he say you that? You were already a star then. I did, yeah. <laughs> I'll never forget, I'll never forget <laughs> when I was under under 21, we got to the All-Ireland Final and Barney Rock did a piece. I don't know what paper he was writing, but he picked a player from each province that was going to make it big. And he picked Porrick Joyce from Connacht, one out of one, Ushi McConville from Ulster, two out of two, Sean Ogohalpin from Cork three out of three and me from Leinster so he got three out of four <laughs> he got three you're, out of four you're still going strong though Willie <laughs> but, but boy I, I just think with the, with the manager there listen that's all about listen the success hasn't been there with Offaly they've had a breakthrough year it's kind of like just don't overdo it here with, with this group they want to have I suppose a bit of a conveyor belt coming through that's just all sound bites and listen of course Shane Lowry's in, in the background there and you're right, I heard, I heard Dagenham on the radio there, just on about structures and things that have been let go. And in, in many ways, well, you look at different counties around, the model is there, you know, if you get the right people involved, it takes some effort, you know, between coaching and finances to get the balance, to provide the backup that the top teams have. And if you want to contest hurling and football all Ireland, 
you need some serious backup from, from top to bottom. That costs a lot of money. This is the issues that they, so you have to find a way of marrying them two situations together. Brilliant to see Offaly. I mean, I remember back when my first year in 98, Offaly beat us in the league uh, semi-final. You know, likes of Big McManus, Bunny Claffy, Colin Quinn, these boys. Yeah. They won the league that year. Uh, do you remember the Neutron Diet was out? They were on the <laughs> Neutron Diet and then everybody started copying one of these bloody fads. But the small caveat with me, the club holiday to uh, New York, so they won the final, we couldn't have went. So we were beat then only, and me and Mark Cross and hopped on a flight in New York for a full week on the stage. Jesus. A small payoff. What, what was the other stuff that the uh, Caldera were meant to have been taking back in the time? The white powder? I don't mean that white powder, Johnny. I wouldn't think <laughs> that creatine, was it. Creatine, creatine, that was creatine, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the whole talk I, in the, under I missed Caldera that one. <laughs> taking creatine. What is this? <laughs> and you were flying fit under Mikko from laps, but everyone yeah, thought yeah, you used yeah, the creatine. Yeah. yeah, we may go back on the creatine. Did you ever take it? <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh, I oh, looked right. Signs on it, I didn't. <laughs> Did you take it, Brennan? It, it was angel dust that I wanted. <laughs> it never dissolved in the water. It came under Donegal. Did you? It came under Donegal, the creatine. I, I still remember the 92 lads were still involved in. Man, I spoiled in particular. I wasn't happy. I still remember saying, that creatine, this is... We won't all Ireland drinking nothing but water. I'm not thinking of that stuff. Uh, I'll never forget him saying that. You know? I just remember taking it, and it was just you drink the water, water, and then you just get all the powder at the yeah, end because yeah, it wasn't yeah. actually. Anyways, yeah. I don't know. I don't think we ended up taking it. I think I just got hold of it to see what it was. This was like. It was I don't, what did I, I was meant to make you run longer, I think it was, faster. Uh, yeah, well, I think it was more of a. Was it to build muscle? It was like a protein. Yeah, I hope well, Paul Kimmage isn't listening here yeah, now. Yeah. Uh, right, la- last one, Brendan is back to you. Is uh, the Donegal County final you're saying you're at this there's a bit of controversy coming out of this now Kakar have lodged an objection problem with this is first me and Johnny were talking about this and when you read this you think ah jeez Kakar take your medicine for God's sake the game went to extra time what's another substitution but it turns out yeah. that the, the extra substitution had a knock-on effect on one of the penalty takers which you know Kieran Thompson's yeah. winning penalty mightn't have been a winning penalty if, if that substitution hadn't happened no, I, will, I mean, this is 11 months later, of course, this is the Donegal 2020 yeah. Championship, which came about because of an outbreak uh, at the county squad. It could have been avoided as well, <laughs> not one that. Anyway, they came back and the clubs and it ended up delaying the championship and, and, and that was it just getting played. Boy. So, listen, it's never went to penalties ever in Donegal. I don't know many times it's going to anybody's uh, county final penalties. I remember even maybe one before, so... Listen, the way Donegal teams play, Willie, there's never going to be nothing in it. And listen, I'm not a man for, for, for betting too much, but I bet on the, on the draw because nobody, those low-scoring games, Willie, if a team goes two up, they'll sit back, they'll think they're five points up, six points up in a normal game. So listen, they came down the wire. And what happened was uh, Nick Conn got a black card just towards the end of normal time. And I think in that time, the first man to come on for him that evened up the numbers didn't have a slip. So it wasn't like people talking about Charles McGuinness. He was one of the subs that then come on. So when at a time, uh, well, but then they at a time, they called only another two subs to make. They actually made three because they didn't realise that that first guy had gone on. But one of them was Charles McGuinness, who did have a penalty then. So, listen, well, it's a tough one. I know some of the Kilcare players probably at this point, are, our own championship is two weeks away, starting again. Jesus, So a lot messy. of people kind of wanted this. Ah, it is. It's very messy. But that said, well, I suppose rules are rules. And, you know, it wasn't as if, this guy didn't have an effect on the outcome of the game. So, listen, we've seen this with a with a hurling match with, uh, with our man Lace that the game had to be replayed. So, you're talking about seven presidents. It, it could have the replay. I don't, I don't see how 
you can't uh, grant Kilkerra a replay if that's a wish. No, it's impossible really. And if he hadn't taken a penalty, you'd say, Jesus, go on, leave it go. He took the penalty. It had a, The mistake had a direct effect on the game, Johnny. It's just, obviously, geez, the Glenties lads now have celebrated for two or three days. Yeah. One In one way, even if Glenties <laughs> go out and lose the next day, they've still celebrated a county win. Like, I mean, that's half the enjoyment of winning a county. The rest is, the rest is just the numbers, the yeah. enjoyment of it, I found. So Glenties well, can't really lose now. They've no. already won one, celebrated it. And now it's just, well, how many, could, they've, they it's just win. in the history books now. Yeah, they could win a second one now and celebrate again. <laughs> It's a double celebration. <laughs> Second one in two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely fairy tale the stuff. Pubs, the pubs and Gentys will be delighted. They'll be like, yeah, Leo's will be, be packed. Leo's will be packed. Yeah, so we'll see, we'll see how that happens. That's only two weeks away. A big shout out to Port Harlington um, and Clock Balacala who won county titles in hurling and and football Port won it for the first time in 20 odd years they've had a good team you know for the last 5-6 years and haven't been over to get, uh, able to get over the line but they finally did 20 years is a long time for Port Arlington and Clock Balacala in the, in the hurling as well congratulations to them that's it um, we'll be back next Thursday lads hopefully this will go ahead next Thursday and we won't uh, Tyrone won't scupper any plans again sure it will um, we'll be back next Thursday and we'll preview that all in semi-final we'll talk to you all then good luck But this little dink ball, the only one in a crowded area where it's a fist pass, the weight is taken over, hits the ground and it bounces into a fella's chest. Why do you not do many interviews? Oh really? Yeah, I'm not being asked to do a whole pile. Really? Yeah. Have you ever rang me? And they're roaring at me, I coffee, you free state bastard. <laughs> and next thing I hear, you have no fucking jurisdiction up here. <laughs> <laughs>